0: This is the Sleeper Hold Podcast. It's that time again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sleeper Hole Podcast where there is no disqualification on the topics and falls count anywhere. Today, this episode is brought to you by the letter C. Not for cookie, but for champions. And for champions, let's talk about the Royal Rumble real quick before we go on to our series. It was not a bad Royal Rumble, but it was not a great Royal Rumble. And let's let's break that down a little bit, Okay. First of all, the show had probably for its best match was the Divas match between uh, Charlotte versus Becky Lynch. Honestly, I think that took the whole show, in my opinion. It was a great match. The girls were flawless, in my opinion. It was beautiful. And I can only see with how it ended that coming up here soon with Fastlane, we're probably going to have a triple threat match. It's going to be awesome. Still, Becky deserves that belt, if you ask me. So I'm still rooting for the last kicker. As for the Intercontinental match, Kevin Owens and Dean Ambrose, that was a pretty awesome match, too. I'm going to have to say that's probably my number two pick of the best matches. And I have to say I really got to give some props to those guys. They definitely went all out and had a good show, good match. The United States title... We had Kalisto versus Alberto Del Rio, and thankfully, Kalisto kicked Alberto's hind. You know, again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You do not disgrace the luchador mask, and he tried it, and he paid the price. Kalisto, congratulations. You deserve that belt. I am very happy to see you wearing that belt. Let's go to the actual Royal Rumble match, where everybody looks forward to. Kofi's phenomenal save that we were all hoping to see wasn't really that phenomenal. I'm very disappointed in Kofi and the New Day. Just saying. It was a bit too safe, a bit too simple. Um, I I did like that they did have Roman Reigns get jumped and then make a miraculous comeback near the end. It kind of made sense and went well with the storyline and gave you hope for Roman Reigns. Um, AJ Styles, you know, that kid, he's got it going. I got a root for him as being a great future contender for any of the belts. Um, we also had, there's just a lot of things that happened in that match, but not a lot of surprise entrants. I was very disappointed in that. It was pretty much the entire roster, uh, and maybe it's just that 30 people uh, in a Royal Rumble is just not enough anymore for a surprise entrance. I don't know, but it was really just bland. There was no seasoning in this pot. There was no making a perfect mixture this time. It was just throw this here, throw that there, and let it sit. There was no, let's add some salt in there, some pepper, or maybe some you know oregano. And there was none of that little flavor mixture to make it really get people excited about and I mean they made it full of promise too they really hyped this up to where it could be a very promising thing and they dropped the ball ladies and gentlemen how many times is WWE gonna drop the ball on us like this now it did end with a quote-unquote shocker because we had Triple H return and he won the title and I kind of do and don't like that okay Yes, it's a nice plot twist. Yes, it's a new champion. I liked Roman Reigns. I still do, so I'm not sure how I feel about that. But like I said during the prediction thing, Triple H's time has come. It has gone. He seems like he was comfortable working in the back. Why are they pushing him again to be in the ring? Let him stay in the back and let him do his job as COO, and let him do the administrative work. It's not his time anymore. His time has come. His time has gone. It Let these newer generation people shine. You keep talking up NXT, Triple H, but what do you do? You still try to steal the limelight from people. Shame. Now, on that note, NXT, we did see Sami Zayn come into the Royal Rumble. That was awesome. I'm going to give you props on that. Granted, I was rooting for Finn Balor myself. I'm a big Finn Balor fan, but that was awesome. Though, I am still going to have to say this over and over until, unfortunately, WrestleMania, because they've already made it set in stone, that WrestleMania is when the title will be defended. Triple H does not need to be back in the ring. This is ridiculous. It's just like what I said before, and I'll say it again. CM Punk made a complaint about this, and I agree with it. You get these people who are not in the ring, not wrestling their butts off for God knows how long. Then they turn around, come back in the ring for one or two pay-per-views, t- take the main slot, and then they're gone again. And then they're going to make a surprise appearance again. It, it gets old. Yes, I love The Undertaker. Yes, I love Triple H. They are some of my favorite wrestlers of their time. But let's be honest here. It's time to pass the torch. So stop stealing the limelight and move on. All right. I'm done ranting and raving there. We've got a show to do here, ladies and gentlemen. We are on a series about the WWE Hall of Fame. And we've got some... Great stuff going on here. We're going to talk about 1996, 2004, and 2005 inductees into the WWE Hall of Fame, and it is going to be a great one. So without further ado, we bring you part two of the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, last episode, I said that for some of you young guns, or even people in my generation, you may not recognize some of the names from what we mentioned last episode, but you'll definitely mention and notice some of them from this episode and onward. I'm not going to lie. There are going to probably be some that you still don't get, but I'm sure when I do some name dropping, you're going to at least recognize a few of them. And if you don't and you're around my age and you've been a wrestling fan for as long as I have, you obviously haven't been paying attention. You've probably been too busy watching Doink the Clown all the time. Just saying. So let's start off 1996 Hall of Fame inductees. First of all, we have Baron Mikkel Skikluna. That's a really hard name to say, ladies and gentlemen. But he was the WWWF World Tag Team Champion for one time, as well as the WWWF United States Tag Team Champion for one time. So, definitely a good tag team player right there. And along with him, we had inducted Captain Lou Albano. He also was a WWF United States Tag Team Champion for one reign, but he's more known for the fact that he managed, and he managed 13 tag teams that ended up becoming champions. And as along with that he also managed four singles competitors who became champions so he's another great manager to check out and everything else especially if you ever want to get into the management field i've been there i love being a manager when it comes to the squared circle it's so much fun i really think that they need to bring back managers in the big shows and everything else there's a certain chemistry they have that people just don't get and the closest we have to it now is Paul Heyman. Nothing against Paulie, I like Paul Heyman, but it, it's not the same as when you had your Jimmy Hart's and your Bobby the Brain Heenan and your other great managers out there. So definitely for the independent circuit, if you're wanting to learn about managers, this is definitely one name drop right here. Captain Lou, he was awesome. And there's going to be a few other I'm going to be mentioning. I'm sure of it. So just keep your ears plugged or open rather. There's also Johnny Rods, not really too familiar with him myself, so I can't really say a whole lot, but one of the people I definitely want to mention is Jimmy Superfly Snooka. Now, Jimmy, he is an awesome Samoan, and I've always said the Samoans are awesome. The Samoans, to me, if you're a big nerd like me, you've probably watched cartoon anime, and One of them that I've watched before was Dragon Ball Z, and they fit perfectly with the Samoans, especially nowadays, like with the Usos and The Rock and with Roman Reigns, because the thing with Samoans is the more you beat them down, the more they come right back up for more. Jimmy Superfly Snooker was no different. This guy was an NWA United States heavyweight champion for one run, he was also the NWA World Tag Team Champion twice. And, get this, ECW Heavyweight Champion twice. Now, what does everybody remember Superfly Snooker for? Getting on the top rope, bringing those fingers up with a gesture, the whole you know, surfer type look almost, or as my mom would call it, the I love you gesture for sign language. He'd bring those up with both hands, and then he'd just fly off. And that'd be the Superfly Splash. It was so awesome. Well, the thing is, a lot of people remember him doing that in a cage match when it was unheard of back then to take that big of a risk from that high up. Now, granted, the cages have been higher now, and they're more elevated than they were back then. But still, that was awesome. So Jimmy Snuka, hats off to the guy. It's awesome to watch his matches. Also, he had a lot of great things, especially his little feud with Roddy Piper. So, I mean, again, great person to watch right there. You want another person to watch that's pretty awesome? Killer Kowalski. He was also inducted in 1996. He was a WWF World Tag Team Champion for one run. For 17 different times, he held an NWA regional championship of one sort or another. And here's the thing with Kowalski. First of all, he kind of got the killer nickname by being notorious for ripping an opponent's ear off. It was in the middle of the match, and the guy ended up with a cauliflower ear, and part of his ear fell out. Or fell off, rather, into the middle of the ring, and the referee had to pick it up and pocket it. Because he didn't want anybody to slip on it and also didn't want the fans to notice it. But that's what really got the reputation of him being this monstrous. And it was awesome. And here's the other thing. <clears throat> Kowalski. he's a trainer. And he trained some of the top superstars that we know from the 90s and today. Including Triple H, if I remember right. And if I'm wrong, I do apologize. But I am pretty much 100% sure that Triple H and China went to his camp and they went to his school and they got what they needed for training and paid their dues to get to where they were and currently are. Now, another great person to talk about, Pat Patterson. Many of you people remember him from the Attitude Era where he was Vincent Kennedy McMahon's lackey, his goon. But let's be honest about Pat Patterson real quick. He was the first... WWF intercontinental champion. That right there is a pretty big accomplishment to be the very first at something. He also was a NW, I'm sorry, a AWA tag team champion at one time. He was the NWA regional champion at least, if I remember right, 20 times. That's right, 20 We're not talking just a simple double digit of 10. No, we're talking 20, ladies and gentlemen. And he works behind the scenes for the WWF now. But what he's most notorious for, if you ask anyone who's been busy with the wrestling world or worked with the WWF or is a big fan like myself, you'll know that he is the one that they credit and give responsibility towards of being the creator of of our last pay-per-view, The Royal Rumble. That was Pat Patterson's baby, The Royal Rumble, and look how long it survived. So, Pat, hats off to you. That's still one of my favorite events even though it disappointed me this year. The last inductee of 2 th- I'm sorry, of 1996. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm so excited about all these different famous people here. But 1996, the last inductee is one who is more deserving of it than anybody else. And I'll explain why. He's not a wrestler, but he is the founder of the WWWF, which then became the WWF, and now the WWE. We're talking about Vincent J. McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon's father, the person who passed the torch to his son, to what we have now today. If it wasn't for this man's dream, this man's ambition, this man's passion, that territory would have never happened. That territory would have never been passed on to Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and that never would have became what we have today. So, yes, I know a lot of people give credit to Vincent Kennedy McMahon saying, oh, he's the the god of wrestling. He's the empire Caesar of wrestling or whatever you want to call him. But if his dad hadn't started the trend, if his dad hadn't started the passion, and then his son picked up the reins, we wouldn't have what we have today. So, for Vincent J McMahon, you know, a may he rest in peace because I know you know he's looking down and pretty proud of what he's seeing now, probably. But hats off to you, man! You did incredible start for what now is the show to be at and the show to watch. All right, guys, listen up. If you are in the 217 area and you want to have the inside scoop on local artists, professionals, or anything else great going on in the Springfield, Illinois area, do I have a podcast for you? My buddy, Jeremy Bailey with Lincoln Legends is the place to go. He is always getting the inside scoop, has a lot of great information, and it's always entertaining to check out his stuff. He even does video blogs as well as the podcast. This guy, he is incredible with what he does. And it's, like I said, it's always entertaining. I look forward to watching this stuff myself and listening in. But let me also say this. If you are a person who does have a profession or has a passion or a pulse that you want to make heard throughout the central Illinois area, definitely... Get a hold of Lincoln Legends. They would love to hear from you, and they would love to showcase you and help you build your business and make yourself grow. Again, my buddy Jeremy Bailey helps run this thing. He is an incredible guy. Hats off to him. You would not go wrong talking to this guy and checking out his stuff. Again, that's Lincoln Legends. Google it. Check it on Facebook. Watch a little bit of it, listen in, you won't be disappointed. All right, so let's go on to the 2000s, starting with, of course, 2004 inductees of the WWE Hall of Fame. Starting off, there's a good list of names here, guys. This is going to be so much fun. Let's talk about Big John Studd. First of all, for those of you who don't know Big John Studd, he had a bout with The Undertaker. He had a feud with Andre the Giant. This guy could measure up. He was another one of those giants of back then. And you're going to hear a lot of those different type of things with from this point forward. Because this point forward really highlights a lot of the people who were in the quote-unquote cartoon world of wrestling, as my hero Bret Hart likes to call it. Still... Big John Studd, okay, WWWF World Tag Team Champion one time, but what also I remember him from is 1989. He was the Royal Rumble winner. Like I said, he's had feuds with Andre the Giant. He had a thing going against The Undertaker. Big John Studd, he didn't look as intimidating as other people, but he knew how to back himself up and show That he had what it takes to be in that ring. So he's a great one to watch. Don Morasso. Okay. Don was the WWF Intercontinental Champion twice. But what really makes him shine. If you're a fan of the whole tournament like I am. He was the first King of the Ring winner. So that whole tournament. When it started. He was the one who went all the way to the top at the very beginning and started the trend for the King of the Ring whole entire series. Greg the Valentine Hammer. Or, sorry, Greg the Hammer Valentine. My mistake. Like I said, this is stuff that I love. This is stuff I'm passionate about, so I'm getting my whole word slipped up. I don't care. I'm not going to edit this right now. We're having fun here. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Let's see here. For the NWA, twice he was the U.S. heavyweight champion. And four times, four times, he was the world tag team champion. Now, we go to the WWF, and at one time, he was an intercontinental champion. And at one time, he was the tag team champion. This guy was entertaining. He was awesome to watch. But you know who else was awesome to watch? This next guy, Harley Race. Let me tell you a little bit first off about Harley Race before I get to his lovely rap sheet here. This guy has trained many great talents. And I'm not talking about just talents that you see on TV. I'm talking about talents that are local. Talents that are working the indie circuit. You want a good example of this? Go to a PWA show and watch Guy Smith. Guy Smith trained under Harley Race. And Guy Smith, he is phenomenal. This show, guy will show you what true hard work and dedication is and what happens when you have a tough and determined trainer like Harley Race to push you, teach you, and make sure you understand everything. So not only can you excel, But then you can do, like, what Guy Smith is doing and pass that torch and teach, educate, and help future generations. Harley raised four times—oh, I do stand corrected—eight times was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And then he was the first NWA United States Heavyweight Champion at three times— he was the AWA World Tag Team Champion. And at 1986, he was the King of the Ring winner. So there you go right there. Another great you know achievement. Again, I love the King of the Ring. But this guy, he's done it all. And he still continues to do it all. Like I just said, PWA show. Guy Smith, check it out. And you'll see that. Harley Race's legacy lives on to the people he's taught and how phenomenal they are, not only for themselves, but the people they work with and for their fans. He has done a great job. So Harley Race, if you ever hear this podcast personally from me to you, great job, man. You have a great history and you've done an amazing job carrying on your legacy by training and passing down the torch. You have my respect more than I could definitely express. All right, enough of that right now. Let's move to the next guy. So let me ask you a question. If I was to tell you that there was a wrestler who was the governor of Minnesota, would you believe me? Well, if you know you're wrestling, you would, because we're talking about Jesse the Body Ventura, also inducted in 2004 WWE Hall of Fame, He was an AWA World Tag Team Champion at least once, as well as he's been a commentator for the WWF and WCW. What was great about Jesse Ventura? Okay, this guy, he wasn't all that charismatic in ways like, you know, you see, like, Tyler Breeze and all that crap. He was charismatic because he knew how to work the mic. He knew how to work the fans. This guy would come out with a boa and he would just act like he was the top of the world. And he backed it up and he made you love or hate him exactly the way he'd want. He had this place perfectly set up and it was where people were basically feeding out of the palm of his hand. So he's another great one to watch. Another one that was great to watch, Ken, we're going cartoony here, the Junkyard Dog. This guy was awesome, and I, I remember watching him coming out with a chain around his neck and just looking all ferocious and just wild and almost untamed. And he held 15 championships in the Mid-South Wrestling Association, as well as, then you have the Mid-South North American Heavyweight Championship four times held by this guy. This guy was awesome. He was another great one to watch. He may not have hit the pinnacle of things like other people, like Ric Flair, but let me tell you something. Sometimes the best wrestlers and the best Hall of Famers don't have titles after titles after titles under their belt. That's not what makes them great. What makes them great is how they connect to the fans how they connect to the wrestling world junkyard dog had that going for him there's still people today in the independent circuit that talk about him and take notes from him and kind of adapt themselves to how he was all right we also had superstar billy graham who was the wwf world heavyweight champion at least once and this guy let's see if i can get this right real quick hold on Dan Hut! We're talking about Sergeant Slaughter. He was a WWF World Heavyweight Champion at least once. He was NWA United States Heavyweight Champion twice. And the best part, I know this makes me laugh, and I'm sure it's going to make other people laugh, but Sergeant Slaughter, no joke, has been immortalized by being part of the G.I. Joe cartoon series. Back when I was growing up. And I'm sure if they ever reboot it, he'll be right back there again. Heck, they're talking about Camp WWE, and he's in that again. Sergeant Slaughter is going to be one of those people that you're never going to forget. He's just that awesome. Tito Santana. He was a WWF Intercontinental Champion twice. WWF Tag Team Champion twice. 1989 King of the Ring winner. And this guy was very entertaining. He's another one that's good to watch. And I'm saving, in my opinion, the best of 2004 for last. That's this guy right here that I'm about to talk about. But let me just put it this way. I talked about how we had a great manager out of Captain Lou, right? Well, Captain Lou is not as well recognized as this name I'm about to drop. This name I drop Everybody in the wrestling world knows this guy, and if they don't, they need to because he's done so much for the business and he's such a charismatic and talented and such a great character. And unfortunately, you know, his health's not great right now and everything else. But instead of giving you guys the little hints and clues and whatnot, let's get straight down to the nitty gritty. I'm talking about Bobby the Brain Heenan. He has been a commentator for the AWA, the WWF, the WCW. He's been called a weasel. He is sly and sneaky, and he knows how to get success. Bobby the Brain Heenan is most notorious for being one of the most successful heel managers out there and always siding with the heels. Even as a commentator, he was a heel commentator. Bobby the Brain Heenan knew how to make it where his person would be talked up to where you truly believed everything Bobby the Brain Heenan said, but you hated the fact that you believed everything Bobby the Brain Heenan just said, because you hated what he represented and you hated the people that were under his wing. You know, and that's hard to say because at one time he did manage Andre the giant. And I love Andre, but he made it where the fans wanted to hate Andre I mean, you talk about WrestleMania 3 when it was Andre versus Hulk Hogan. People were throwing soda at Andre. They were throwing popcorn. They were throwing cups and everything else they could find. I mean, thankfully, they didn't throw chairs. But this just shows you how much heat, how much hatred one talented manager can get for their superstar. This is, again, why I say managers need to come back because I feel like without them giving the right push, a lot of people right now are struggling. And the managers definitely know how to make it all work. Hey, everybody, if you're liking this show and you want to hear more podcasts that are from the 217 area, I have one good suggestion for you right here. Rack your brain on this. It's called the Neat Right Network, and it's home to about 15 amazing different podcasts. We're talking different topics like video games, music, advice, women's issues, TV films, comic books. I mean, the list goes on. These guys have such an awesome collage of different podcasts to check out, and you can find it all simply in one little location. Just go to NeatWrite.com. Now, make sure I spell this out for you. It's N-E-A-T-R-Y-T-E dot com. Check them out. These guys are awesome. They've got a lot of great material. And it's one of those things that if you just want to pass the time with something different and unique, go through their stuff. You'll never know what you'll find. And I'll tell you, it's always going to be a blast. Again, that's NeatWrite Network. Check them out and have a good time. Alright, 2005, we're going to start off this whole 2005 Hall of Fame inductees with a name that everybody knows, even if they didn't watch him back then, they now know him now because of all the controversy. We're talking about Hulk Hogan. He was inducted in 2005. I know that WWE has pretty much erased him from their archives and their Hall of Fame records. But let's be honest here. He was inducted in 2005. He is a six-time WWF or WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Six-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion. He was the WWE World Tag Team Champion at one time. And in 1990 and 1991, he has successfully won the Royal Rumble. He was also one who... Got basically a lot of people behind him with the whole take your vitamins, say your prayers. What you gonna do, brother? And he was also the one who shocked the world by turning on his fans and being the infamous leader of the NWO. He started many movies, he's done a lot of crazy things. And so, like him or hate him, I'm not wanting to start that dispute again. Like him or hate him, though he is a 2005 inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame in the history books, whether or not the WWE decides they want to erase him. What I love also thinking about this is 2005 had a lot of people who were around the same time and you you talk about Hulk Hogan and you got to talk about Hogan's greatest rival, the hot rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who was also inducted in 2005. Roddy Piper was, let's put it this way, if you think that Dean Ambrose is a bit of a nut, or you think that other people are very unpredictable, you don't know anything until you've seen Roddy Roddy Piper. Roddy Roddy Piper, his promos were phenomenal. You you thought you knew what he was going to say, you thought you knew what he was going to do, and he threw a curveball at you all the time. One of my best ones is... Rowdy Roddy Piper is the host of Piper's Pit, and he had Jimmy Superfly Snuka there, and he literally cracked open a coconut over Snuka's head, completely unscripted, completely unplanned, and yet he did it, and look how much heat he got for that, you know, and he was once a WWF Intercontinental Champion Three times, he was the NWA, or later on known as WCW United States Heavyweight Champion, and he never got old. You loved to hate this guy, and it's one of those things that it wasn't that (laughs) you—he was almost like Steve Austin back in the day. You wanted to hate him, but at the same time, you wanted to cheer him because of how wild, unpredictable, and outrageous he is. Just like I think if Dean Ambrose was to turn heel, he'd still have over half of them cheering him on. Because he's like Rowdy Roddy Piper. He's out there. You never know what to expect. It's so great. So, you know, unfortunately, we did lose the Hot Rod recently. And hopefully he's enjoying the bagpipes up in the great beyond. But he definitely was well-deserving ...of being in the Hall of Fame. Another person who was in the Hall of Fame for 2005... ...held numerous NWA regional titles. I actually got to watch him perform at a PWA show. And I had to talk to him a little bit. I didn't get a chance to talk to him as much as I'd like. I think he really didn't understand... ...what I was trying to do by getting him you know, promoted with the podcast and everything else. But I'm talking about Cowboy Bob Orton. And this guy... Even to this day, he still got it. Let me tell you, he was a great wrestler back then. He did a lot of psychology with Rowdy Roddy Piper. He, he knew how to play the game. And even to this day, he still does. And he apparently has a really stiff punch from what I've been told. So that's one that is definitely another one to check out. I believe the first two WrestleManias, he definitely highlighted on those. Check them out, guys. It's worth it. Now, again, we're talking about these cartoony people all around the same time frame. because That's what this all seems to be right here. You talked about a lot of great managers. And this one is another one that I cannot ignore. You talk about a person who really wants to get heard. And I compare Xavier Woods to him a lot because I say Xavier Woods is trying to be the next version of him. You're talking about the mouth of the South Jimmy Hart Jimmy Hart was a longtime manager In WWF and WCW Jimmy Hart he managed A lot of great superstars And I'm not talking just about Hulk Hogan He went and helped out With the Hart Foundation Jimmy Hart he helped Out so many different people I mean the list could go on forever We could make a whole podcast episode about Jimmy Hart's management career And we probably will one day But this is another guy, if you're going to be a manager and you want to know how to really talk up your guy to the point where it's near annoying but yet still keeps people interested, Jimmy Hart and Bobby the Brain Heenan are my number number one and number two selections. And not even in that order maybe, but watch them both. Study them both. You learn from them. You'll learn everything you need to know about how to use your mouth, your voice, your charisma to get the fans' reaction. Now, you want to start being more physically involved, like you know, grabbing the leg and everything else. There's other managers there. But you first got to make them believe, and these two were it. So definitely Jimmy Hart is a great manager to learn from. Paul Ordonoff, or otherwise known as Mr. Wonderful was a four-time NWA national heavyweight champion three-time WCW World Tag team champion and inducted also in 2005 he was another great one to watch I didn't watch him as much as I did other people because I wasn't as familiar with him as you know iconic familiar names back when I was a kid but looking back and seeing some of his stuff he was really good. <laughs> Speaking of very good, Nikolai Volkov, 2005 inductee, was a three-time WWWF International Tag Team Champion, and at one time held the WWF Tag Team Champion, and this guy looked intimidating, he acted intimidating, and he wrestled tremendously. You know, it's one of those things of, if I was to seriously analyze them just like any other time, whether it's Back then, now, or whatever, I could probably find errors in their moves and everything else. But as a fan, I don't try to do that. I, I kind of irks me when people like, oh, he completely biffed that, or oh, he did this, that. I mean, if it's obvious, that's one thing. But when you're personally hunting and pecking for stuff like that, let it go. This is supposed to be entertainment. And honestly, when I watch these guys like Nikolai... That's exactly what I am given, and I am very happy for it. I am given entertainment. Nikolai is definitely one worth watching, as well as this other guy who was a huge rival of Sgt. Slaughter for quite a while. He was a one-time WWF World Heavyweight Champion. He was also once a WWF Tag Team Champion, and he had probably one of my best... Favorite feuds, and it was because it was between him and Sergeant Slaughter. It was at a perfect timing. We're talking about the Iron Sheik, and if you ever want to see an incredible feud, watch Sergeant Slaughter versus the Iron Sheik. I mean, just watch the matches. They they not only made the matches great, but the talk, the hype, the promos. They made you eat out of the palm of their hands and want to see these two destroy each other. So definitely is a great one to check out and watch and honestly he's probably the best one I could have picked to finish the 2005 inductees of the WWE Hall of Fame. Well, boys and girls, that wraps it up. We had three more years knocked down of the WWE Hall of Fame to continue this series. There's still more to go. We just stopped at 2005. We got 2006 onward to go. Plus, who I personally feel is more deserving than ever to have themselves inducted and has yet to be embraced. So we have a lot to talk about still coming up. So stay tuned for that. But one thing I want to say before I go it is 2016 the new year has begun ladies and gentlemen and what's even great about this is that a lot of your local feds are starting back up one for example is this saturday pwa at lanfear high school it's time to bring in the new year go check them out you will not be disappointed and i will definitely see you guys there now for the time being though this is a Sleeper Hole Podcast, and I hope that you all had a great time with us. I know we always enjoy your company, and you all take it easy, and I will see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to the Sleeper Hole Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at thesleeperhole.com com. comment on episodes, read our blog, find information about our quarterly charity, and more. See you next week.